Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Leading the late night conversations, let's talk social issues right now. My name is Patricia Ntuli and I'd like to welcome you. You can uh, call us by dialing 0891 or 011-714-3945, 011-714-4045. On WhatsApp, you can get us on 0614-104-107. Right now in our social conversations, we are talking about the opening of places of worship. And uh, just to tag it. Is it sanity? Is sanity prevailing here? Are we seeing that we are too relaxed and we could possibly open up a can of worms? Well, to talk to us about this, we've got uh, Matlala Salukhele, uh, an independent uh, political analyst who specializes in political economy, political risk analysis, policy analysis, as well as governance and research. Warm welcome to you, Matlala. Good evening to you and your listeners. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure. And we also have joining us uh, Pastor Msomi, who is the pastor of Usindi So Lama Zayoni. And uh, this is a church that has five branches across KZN and the Eastern Cape with about uh, 200 plus members. Thank you very much, Pastor Msomi, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Pat, and your, your viewers at home. We are talking about the places of worship being opened. We heard our president saying as of the 1st of July, there is going to be an easing of um, uh, the lockdown regulations under uh, lockdown uh, level three. We are now permitted as churches, mosques, temples, synagogues, and other places of worship to now congregate. And uh, obviously with limitations of people of about 50 and no more. I'd like to start off with you, Matlala. Matlala, talk to us about this particular regulation under Level 3 lockdown. Is it a regulation that is going to see a lot of people um, happy politically and also um, spiritually and socially? Look, firstly, I think we should look at the reasons why the lockdown was initially implemented. It was implemented to contain the spread of COVID-19, as we all know. The challenge now is, when you ease the restrictions for places of worship without the necessary logistical capacity to ensure that those restrictions that you have eased will be adhered to uh, properly, you're opening a can of worms. Uh, That decision by government it seems to lack in rationality. Because remember, we're dealing with the challenge here of containing the spread of COVID-19. When government takes a decision like that, we could consider it a policy decision because it's uh, targeted towards uh, addressing a specific problem within society. That problem we have currently is the spread of COVID-19. You, you should, as government, now consider, by easing these restrictions, are we going to be able to contain the spread effectively? What are the consequences to easing restrictions 
uh, in terms of places of worship. And I doubt, given the logistical capacity challenges that I've already mentioned, that government thought this thing through. Firstly, how guaranteed is government that places of worship are going to adhere to these new, uh, new, new regulations? We have seen uh, during the lockdown that some places of worship operated against the given regulations at the time. There is no guarantee, none whatsoever, that places of worship will effectively implement the, the relaxed, if I might say, regulations. So there is no guarantee. That might mean we need to have a lot of foot soldiers who are police or whoever to go and govern and make sure that, well, people are adhering to these regulations. Let me come to you, Pastor Msomi. Pastor Msomi, you've got five branches uh, uh, from your church, right? And um, what is your feeling as a a pastor? Thank you, Pet. Um, Let me start by saying uh, my colleague, uh, he's 100% correct of his analysis around the issue of this corona. Uh, we've been discussing as, as pastors, more especially in in Etsegwini, uh, we've opened our groups, uh, WhatsApp groups, engaging one another around this issue. Yes, us as pastors, uh, our priority, number one, is to make sure that uh, our congregations are safe. Uh, number two is to make sure that uh, as pastors, we've got more training around this convent. Uh, it will help us in terms of understanding the real issue behind, because uh, in my understanding, you cannot fight a war that you don't understand. Now, our responsibility is to say, wherever there is soul, a pastor must be there to cancel and do everything. Now, in our case, let me say, in my case, as Usindi so Lamazayo, uh, we'll be having, since we've got a report that is coming from National and the President uh, uh, did uh, uh, say uh, all the regulations that uh, are put are put on us, and we fully agree on them. Some of the churches. Uh, it's going to be easy to them since, you know, if you're talking about the religious sector, you are talking about different doctrines. You have the mainline churches. It will be okay with the mainline churches. It will be okay with uh, with um, these other churches. But comes to uh, Amazon, we are really going to have a problem because uh, the way uh, we do things in our church, uh, we don't use instruments. We go around, you know, uh, and, and pray. Now, 
for us as as Amazayoni, we are in discussions that there are two options. If you want to open a church, you will be in a position of exposing your congregation to this corona. What is the alternative way to deal with the matter as Amazayoni? One of the options that we are busy discussing is to say, while other churches are going to be open, those individuals, bishops and archbishops, who feel that no, they are going to, they are not going to open their church, it's okay. We fully agree with that because immediately when government addressed us around this matter, it was clear to us that we should take. You should take a decision uh, as a church in saying we stop for now up until this corona issue it's over the lockdown it's over to save to save your soul and 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 other people now our view as a religious sector we fully agree with the regulations that are put in and that's where the issue where as i was saying that the mainline churches, it's okay with them. They can play their piano, they can sit on their chairs, and they can maintain their distancing and, and whatsoever. But to us, it becomes a problem. Somewhere, somehow, I think as, as Zion churches, we need to 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 to, to, to request another meeting with uh, the commanding center in saying, uh, as Amazon, this is our view around this matter because when you look at the regulations they are saying uh, you must have uh, sanitizers you must be you must have somebody outside the door and all those things yes we will meet them but when you start the proceedings of of your daily service you know, they will be there today. They will be touching, you know, those. Mm. Now, All right. So, uh, Pastor, I think I'd like us to, to continue and uh, look at other aspects yes. of this particular issue. And I'm mm-hmm. actually quite surprised that yourself and a political analyst are actually on the same side of the fence. I was mm. expecting to, to have you guys, uh, Matlala, bear a loggerhead. And I think perhaps it, it is because of the nature of this virus that we are facing that uh, sometimes sanity prevails over uh, us being emotional. Let's go to our WhatsApps. I'd like to remind our listeners that you can WhatsApp us on 0614-104-107 or call us on 0891-104-207. I'll start with this one. The going to church thing is societal. People hardly follow regulations. Even now, going to church won't change their behavior. The second one from Sichaba. Sichaba says, hi, Patricia, your analyst is wrong. This is very rational decision. Government does not have to give any guarantee. We are individuals and communities have to take responsibility. No one is forced to go to church. Trying to blame government for everything is a cop up. A cop out. We must self-regulate. We cannot have an indefinite uh, lockdown. Um, I think that was in response to your comment, Matlal. Yes, um, look, at the end of the day, we as individuals have to take responsibility for our actions and how we behave during this time. But the reality is that through easing regulations, government has somewhat created a conducive environment that can have disastrous implications. Look, 
And uh, in as much as Obabam saw me, my views and his are aligned, it raises other questions about the consultation process with the religious sector. If you remember very well, the initial NCC briefing was postponed and the explanation given was that by the minister and the president, this is Jackson Temple, was that they had to postpone the briefing so that they could accommodate into the regulations, the level three regulations, the announcement made by the president on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that to me came as a clear indication that the decision to ease the restrictions for places of worship was a unilateral decision. It was never properly consulted with other NCC members. It came as a shock or rather a surprise to the entire NCC if they had to postpone so that they could incorporate easing of restrictions for places of worship. But that's another element. And Babam Somi, to an extent, he's reinforcing this view because as a church, he's somewhat opposing to the easing of restrictions. And we've seen other churches join in. One of the biggest churches, uh, the CC, has indicated that its churches will remain closed. So it raises question on the consultative process that was undertaken by the president as well. Now, you know, Matlala, I'd like to come back here and say, well, is it not our responsibility? At the end of the day, we did hear the president say it is in our hands. We need to follow what we have been taught. It has been hammered in the past couple of weeks um, while we were under lockdown that we need to, you know, keep social distance. It is our choice. Would this not be the same thing, that the responsibility now lies with us? Look, as I've indicated uh, we are responsible for our actions. However, government has a responsibility to regulate the environment within which we exist. Government can implement or use certain instruments and tools, such as regulations, to ensure that our behavior does not aid or compound the possible implications of COVID-19. By to some extent, introducing a free-for-all approach that can have, you know, undesirable ramifications. I understand the issue is that we're responsible, but government has a greater responsibility to put in place measures that could limit the undesired impact of COVID-19. And even restrictions for places of worship is definitely not the right way to go. I suppose the same could be said about the opening of schools, but that's not the topic we have at hand. Remember that you can join in on the conversation by sending us a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. And we kindly ask, and this is from my big boss, Benzito, our producer, that you keep those voice notes to a minimum of less than one minute. Because if it's more than that, unfortunately, due to time, we can't play it. I've got here a message from Prince, and it goes to you, Pastor. It says, good evening, uh, Sis Pat, and the guest. My question is to the pastor. One, isn't it that the only place to run to in hard times is to God? Two, who saves our souls if it is not God? Three, does our God uh, is our God not able to protect us? Pastor Msomi? Yes. Those uh, questions are to you. Can, can we take it by uh, uh, one by one, the questions? 
Well, I think you can answer them holistically. I mean, mm, he's asking, mm, mm. isn't this the okay. time to run to God? It's hard times. Um, who's going to save our souls if it's not God? Does our God not, uh, is he not able to protect us? I, I, I think we need to be clear around, around this issue of, of, of conflict. One, it is our responsibility as pastors jointly with government and the society to make sure that uh, we don't get uh, more people affected with the corona. Yes, ours, we have to go to God and pray. We have to pray, keep on praying, keep on praying, because we will have an answer end of the day. Uh, the issue is, if we go to God and pray, we ask God to save us, to help us, to come with a solution how best we can solve the problem. Now, it's not the building that prays God. It's a human being, one individual, who prays God. And if you, if, if you go to the Bible, it even says that uh, you must pray in your closet. And at the same time, you must go to church. Yes, as a religious sector, we have our own different views around this matter. Because this issue of, of corona it's a new thing that came in and everyone wants to have solutions. Everyone wants to protect himself or herself. But the issue is immediately when government says it's up to us as individuals that you need to take care of yourself plus a person next to you. Therefore, as leaders, I don't think we can lead people to to go and be affected by the convict. But For now, me, but now, yes. uh, Pastor, you also mentioned the fact that I mean, um, isn't it God who's supposed to protect us? Won't God protect us? And what do you have to say about that? You know, if if you go to God and and pray, you are requesting God to protect you as individuals. You're requesting God to protect us as a nation. Mm. Therefore, God will be able to, to protect us. And there will be a new ideas that will come in, the answers that will be coming in from God. It is clear with that one. But this issue, it's a highly depending on one individual mm. that what you want, end of the day. Do you want to save yourself? Do you want to save your children? Do you want to save your neighbor? If you take that decision, because everyone, in my understanding, everyone is a mentor. Somebody is looking at you. Now, end of the day, whatever decision that you take as a human being, it mustn't be a decision that end of the day somebody will cry because of your decision. Okay. Now, we need to be clear as a religious sector, not to be put on the spot. But the issue is, as pastors, bishops, and archbishops, 
we are praying on daily basis that we need answers from God, from this one, because there is no one who've got answer. Now, we are requesting God to have answers mm. for us to mm. solve the problem. Now, to say God is not going to save us or God is, is going to save us, yes, as pastors, we believe that God will come with answers. Let's you move know. on. Let's move on to some of the yeah. uh, messages uh, from our listeners. Usi Yankosi says, "Hi, Pat. It's absolute, uh, absolutely nonsensical to open churches right now because, first of all, how are the churches going to adhere to the regulations? I was pleased when the leader of the ZCC said they will be will not be opening. Secondly, from a Christian perspective, the Bible says, if two or more gather in my name, I will be mm. there. So there's no need to open churches. Congregants must pray from." the safety of their homes. The next one is from Ziad in Pulukwane. Ziad says, Hi Patricia and your guests. People pray differently. Some are singing, dancing, moving around in circles. Some goes to spirit and start jumping and they lose control. But in the mosque, only standing facing one direction with one person in front known as an imam. We don't sing, jump, dance, only body movement in one standing all facing one direction. So I think we are on the safe side as Muslims. That is um, Ziad's uh, point of view. I'd like us to move on to some of uh, the voice notes that we have, and then we can take it from there. The decision to open the churches is perhaps the most ridiculous of all by government. We appear to be copying everything done by the first world countries. If there was any time to effect a lockdown, now will be the time. Our leaders have abdicated. This defies all rationality or logic. Good evening, Mason Tuli. Uh, this is Anonymous from Kimberley. Uh, Mason Tuli, all I wanted to find out is that, for an instance, we are having Muslim churches which accommodate more than 100 people. So I was just asking maybe if uh, maybe I'm the first person in church and then the other 49 follows, maybe we have to attend the church uh, session. And then the pastor seems to come late for the church session. And then when the pastor comes late, I just wanted to know, must one church member be maybe uh, allowed to leave the church or must one church member leave the church and then allow the pastor to go in? Because there's no church without a pastor. So if the pastor comes up late at church, will he be allowed to enter the church? So I just wanted to find out uh, how these things operate. So we'll get back to the responses to those questions from our WhatsApp. Let's take a bit of a breather. Remember, this is SAFM Late Night Conversations. We are speaking about the reopening of the churches. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Speaking social conversations on Late Night Conversation, my name is Patricia Nduli. We are speaking to Madla Sihalohile, who is an independent political analyst who specializes in political economy, political risk analysis, 
policy analysis, governance and research alongside to Pastor Msomi, who is uh, the pastor of Usindi, so Lama Zayoni, um, who has a congregation of uh, uh, around 200 members and uh, five branches across KZN and the Eastern Cape. If you'd like to weigh in on the conversation, we are talking about the opening of churches. You can do so by sending us a voice note, not longer than a minute, on 0614-104-107, or you can call us on 011-714-2788 or 011-714-4045. We are also on the social media platforms at SAFM Radio, at Patricia N. Nduli, hashtag SAFM LNC. Matla, I'd like us to, to, to go back to the responsibilities of government um, and also try and respond to some of the voice notes if you are able to. What are the actual responsibilities? Because you made mention of the fact that government's responsibility is to ensure that this particular pandemic is curbed. After all, we are under um, a, um, a disaster. We are not in normal circumstances. Yes, and look, on that point as well, I think I would like to highlight the fact that the easing of restrictions around the lockdown are not precipitated by the threat or the danger, you know, disappearing. No, it's not the case. The easing of lockdown is encouraged by the fact that economic activity has come to a halt uh, during the first phase of the lockdown at level five. The reality is the lockdown is having a negative impact on livelihoods. I mean, we've seen people having their salaries docked. Some don't, didn't even receive salaries. Even though government tried to implement a raft of measures, including your UIF, your other loan guarantee schemes to SMMEs, so on and so forth. It is unsustainable for government to put those measures in place indefinitely. We all know the challenges, the fiscal position of government that it finds itself in. So as much as the health threat remains, it's important to balance the health imperatives with the economic aspects, hence the easing of restrictions. Given that context, there is no clearly identifiable socio-economic impact of opening up places of worship. From that perspective alone, it makes this decision very irrational on the government's part. Remember, you must always keep in mind that the easing of restrictions is to allow for economic activity to unfold. Earlier, even though you you did mention that we're not talking about schools, remember how education fits into the entire policy framework vis-a-vis skills development, vis-a-vis economic economic capacity of any particular country. That's why education will always be important. Not to say that I support the decision, but I'm just highlighting why maybe government felt the need to open up schools as of the 1st of July, Monday. Now, uh, Matala, I'd like us, uh, I know we, we can go on and on here, but I'd like to give our listeners an opportunity. Andrew in Midrand has been patiently holding. Hi, Andrew, how are you doing? Hi, thank you, Patricia. Yes, thanks for taking my call this late evening. 
Um, yeah, I just want to say that uh, good show. And, uh, you know, I, I salute government on the fantastic decision they took to open the churches. I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I believe that our spirituality as a, as a community, as a nation, as a people, as a world, uh, is very important in helping us to achieve things. And we are sitting here with a problem. We're sitting with COVID-19. It's a serious problem. It's a global problem. And if I look at history and I look at science history and whatever, whenever great men have achieved great things, it's under the inspiration of spirituality. So I, we are spiritual beings. Why must we emphasize on the economy opening and saying, well, that's important and, and so on for the socioeconomic uh, benefit of the people? You know, and, and, and we neglect the spiritual side. I mean, uh, that's just not fair. Because, uh, you know, if we neglect the spiritual side, what are we saying? That people can survive without spirituality? But, that uh, all we need is bread, food and bread. You know, Jesus said, uh, men shall not live by bread alone. Andrew, I want to and ask you a question. Um, yeah. Where do we throw then uh, caution? Do we throw caution to the wind and uh, not uh, adhere to praying in our homes and adhere mm. to praying online as opposed to exposing ourselves as as people and exposing more people? Because we know when this uh, virus broke out in South Africa, one of the places that was named was a place of worship where the pastor and some of the congregants co um, um, contracted COVID-19. And then they went out back after that conference into their places of uh, their communities. And that's where other reinfections possibly could have come from. So w can't we still be spiritual, praying online or at home in our own closets and our own families? Uh no, I uh, point taken that, Patricia. You know, we don't, like, throw caution to the wind. Mm. That's not what I'm advocating. Yeah. And I don't think that's what was the thinking behind the think tank of the, the presidential pronouncement. I think what it was is to say that, you know, the regulations are there. So, uh, you know, people who go to church are responsible people. You know, if you allow people to go and buy food at uh, what you call uh, pick and pay and whatever, you have regulations there and you ask people to stick to those regulations. The, the president clearly said it must be 50 people and no more than 50 people. Well, you, you know what, Andrew, so, I so, hear so, your so, point. So, yeah. I hear your point. No. But with, with the same breath, then, you know, there's other things that could open, like the gyms. <laughs> because even people who go to gyms could say, well, we are also responsible. People who go to restaurants could pick up their hands and say we are responsible. But what we are under here is a crisis. Unfortunately, Andrew, because of time, we need to go to the news. Yeah, just yeah. very quickly. I mean, look, Patricia, honestly, and I, with great yeah. respect. If, if people people are, are getting depressed, people are low, you know, and, and, and you know, you have people, uh, the rate of mental health problems that we are going to have on our hands are going to be enormous and are going to have serious economic and social repercussions mm. from this country. I hear and you, now you, people are advocating that we should open gyms, we should, uh, no, well, and th those <laughs> things are important, we should have food, yeah. and, but people don't want spiritual food. And you can pray on Andrew, your own, for, Patricia, Andrew, but you have to pray okay, as a Andrew, I don't want to well. be rude, but I need to go to the news. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> it's time for news with the beautiful voice of Zolega Kodashe. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
Leading the late night conversations with me, Patricia Nduli. Before we enter into the closet conversations, I know it's after 11 right now, after the news, and everyone is waiting for this segment. But I'd like us to wrap up the conversation that we are having. We were talking to Matlala and uh, and um, Fundisim Somi about the reopening of places of worship. And to find out, is, is sanity prevailing or are we playing catch-22 here? Um, now... Concerned, says that's uh, WhatsApp saying, Patricia, my question is how come the government is busy opening all manner of sectors of industry, schools, churches, etc., but parliament is still closed? Let the government open parliament first and lead by example, because I personally think we are playing with people's lives. Let's go to the lines. Joseph in Alwell North, thank you very much for holding. Yes, Patricia, and your guest, thank you for this conversation. I think the president was very, very clear when he said, it is in your hands. And he said he's trusting the church leadership. I think we, the church people, we are people of responsibility. And he said he's going to make sure that we really comply. Hmm. COVID is here to stay with us. I think the challenge is in our hands. The president has trusted us, and we have not to disappoint him. I think it would be a shame to the church if we fail to live to the guidelines that the president has put the ball in our courts. So I think let us open the churches, just as like the schools and the business, and let us comply. I think he has put us to test. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joseph. And uh, before we allow our guests to, to give um, um, their response, Isaac says, Patricia, God will not protect them because they ignored God's commandment to go to church on Sabbath, which is Saturday. So the churches chose Sunday by themselves and expect God's protection. Hmm. All right, uh, Matlal, as we close off, um, what are your parting shots? I mean, we'll... Well, in fact, we're not closing off right now. We'll still go to some voice notes, according to Benzito. But what are your thoughts right now? People are clearly uh, divided about going to church or not going to church. Is it the government's responsibility? Is it our own responsibility? Is sanity prevailing under these circumstances? I think uh, just to go back to Andrew, just before you broke for the news, I mean, clearly there's a huge confusion uh, Andrew, I think, I believe so, that he confuses spirituality with religion. You know, religion is the practice of your spiritual beliefs that necessitate you now to want to meet other people under one roof. That's religion. But spirituality is something that exists within you, that you can do in your own little corner, in your own little space. Mm. Number two, I think we live in a country where there's secularity. There's a separation between religion and the government. As such, religion in this country, as much as we have freedom of religion and association, is just like any other social activity. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, other activities like sports events and everything, we know the, the role they play in social cohesion, just like churches. But there should never be any special treatment given to religion, especially 
in the prevailing context where there's no straightforward benefit given to even restrictions for places of worship. I think we should always maintain that, that at times it comes across that the religious sector believes it is elevated amongst other sectors. We live in a secular state. We must always keep keep that in mind. You know, my concern here, and maybe Pastor, you can come in uh, before we go to voice notes, is the fact that, yes, you, for your church, Usindi, Solama Zion, you have said that you will not be congregating with your members. Obviously, there's other ways of congregating. You can have uh, um, uh, um, online services, like many churches have been having. You can do, you know, one-on-ones telephonically. If they need counseling, there's a lot of other ways to go around it. But for the churches mm-hmm. that are saying, we are going back to church, mm-hmm. is there enough infrastructure in terms of sanitizers, not just hand sanitizers, but being able to sanitize mm-hmm. the entire building that you want to congregate in? Is there enough infrastructure and finances and resources to be able to buy the testing kit for the temperature? Are there enough mm-hmm. personnel to be able to stand at the door and make, uh, you know, take down the, the, those statistics of the people coming in and out? Mm-hmm. Are churches ready? Uh, thank you, Patricia. I, I think let, let's start. Let's start here. Um, one, I think, as a religious sector, we are not ready. Let us. We need to be honest uh, in addressing this matter because it's a matter that we need to be uh, to take it serious. First thing first, uh, when I when I heard the regulations, when we got a report from our leaders uh, who were meeting with the uh, president, I, I, I took a decision in saying, one, uh, we need to train our congregations in understanding better what you are dealing with, you know. Secondly, the issue of economy, it's another priority matter that we need to look at it as a religious set, because those were the discussions that we had in Etegwini Interfaith when we had this report. The issue is we don't have sanitizers, we don't have all these things, you know. You look at the rural churches, they don't have all these sanitizers and all these things, you know. The, the priority issue is to make sure that we keep on the consultation with the government, because I think this is the first stage where we need to understand what is the, what is the, 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 the coronavirus is. The second stage will be looking at a broader issue, how best we can deal with the issue of making sure that some of this, uh, some of our people uh, they have food, they have sanitizers in their home, because some of the programs that we have been coming up with is to is to have ama family visit as pastors. That's because that is very important that all pastors and bishops they must be treated as essential workers where we'll have to visit to make sure that we do pray for them within their houses and 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 see that there is food for them and all other stuff. So in other words, Pastor, there are bigger issues that the church needs to be facing. Um, and the congregating issue, we are not even ready for it uh, from what you have seen from your colleagues. We, we, uh, 
you, you, you are correct because mm. we are saying we need to face the facts as they are. You know, there is no need of saying uh, maybe government is doing this. Maybe at first issue that we were worried of, government must must make sure that there is a proper consultation because most most of us uh, as pastors we meet people on daily basis. Uh, They come with their problems and and with their happiness and all those things, and we are there for them. And it does not have to be in a church setting. It can be in any other setting. It's part of those things that the spiritual part of it, we need to understand when we talk about the spirituality. Mm. Unfortunately, It's not in the building. (laughs) It's not in the building. It's in the human being. Excellent. You know, on that how, note, on that how note, you communicate Pastor, with God. Yes. Pastor Msomi, on that note, we need to close off. We've okay. extended our conversation for so long. I'd like to thank you, uh, Pastor Msomi, for thank giving you us your much. viewpoint. And also, I'd like to thank uh, Matlala Sile. Uh, hey, you know, my producer has been smacking me here. Matlala, please don't, <laughs> don't, don't kill me. Eh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm saying it right, right? <laughs> thank you so very much for joining us this evening thank and just you, weighing on this conversation. Gentlemen, I'm no hoping problem. that we can have another conversation of this nature in the near future. Thank you. God bless you.